Welcome to this week's edition of Hockey Unfiltered with Ken Campbell. I am the forever sidekick, Dylan Waugh. I am the abbot to Ken's Costello. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Dylan Waugh. You can find Ken at Ken Campbell, Ken underscore Campbell 27. Today we're talking about Austin Matthews, the Florida road trip, trade rumors, who's selling, and what's a good bargain buy for this year. Stick around and check it out. You know what I almost did just there? What? I almost ended with that thing that you hate where I almost went stick around. <laughs> <laughs> and I almost did it on purpose. And then I thought, you know what? I'm not going to be a jerk today. 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 Yes. Okay. Because well, I've got a lot to make yeah. up for. Do you know what I did last week? <laughs> no. Last week, I made a mistake on asking a question and then I re-recorded it. Okay. Oh, wow. Without me here. No, no, no. Oh, afterwards or? Afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, remember I got yeah, my yeah, notes yeah. mixed up yeah, and, yeah, I got, yeah. and I got tongue tied and then I whatever. Yeah. So I edited out of the video section of the podcast, but the audio section of the podcast, everybody can hear me go, oh, I screwed everything up. <laughs> and then the best part about that is that afterwards I say, it's okay. I'll edit it out. Nice. Which I did not do. Nice. <laughs> Pull, peeling back the onion a little bit, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, well, you know what? I, uh, I figured that I would just own it. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. why not? So how are you? <sighs> I'm great. Really? Yeah. I'm the more, size I'm, suggested otherwise. I'm more than my condition, so I'm really happy. You're more than condition. I, I feel like the, the Olympics was just one big continuous commercial, <laughs> and it was the same one all the time. That's yeah. not weird. Your pants are weird. Yeah, I'm more than my condition. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, like I just, I, 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 if I have to see that commercial never again, it'll be too soon. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. anyways. Yeah. Well, I mean, they wanted something to be entertaining at the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> they, That's true. Listen, we're talking about it. It was dull. It was yeah, dull. It the was hot, dull. The, the last two games were dull as dishwater. Yeah, as they say. I'll tell you, you know, first of all, one of my favorite parts about the Olympics is uh, is watching sports and then that I've never seen before in my life and then talking to friends as if I know everything about it. Like, oh, you know, look how he, uh, you know, he kicked that back foot in the snowboarding slightly. You know, the, 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 they're going to dock him for that or. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the mono, Bob. That was pretty cool. The yeah, one, the one person bobsled. Oh, I think a bunch of people did. They were crashing into the sides yeah. and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's that that pursuit one too on the when they all go at the same time. Right. On, on the snowboards. That yeah. was pretty that was pretty good. Yeah. It's yeah. it's so um scary to me because like you know, with a lot of things like sports and, and hockey especially, you can make up for mistakes. But like with with a lot of those sports like snowboarding and bobsledding and whatever, it's like if you screw up your first step done might yeah. as well just stop yeah if four, might as well just say four years Whoops. down the crab <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know you let in a bad goal in the tournament yeah you can make you up go, for it okay, yeah, yeah yeah you yeah. know whatever right or, yeah. and even speed skating if you if you got a longer track then you can kind of try to make up for it but it, with bobsledding or whatever you take one bad step <clears throat> yeah all right yeah, we're done here it. yep yeah let's go let's go home four years yeah you four know years how we trained I, for this you know how i didn't have chocolate or a single <laughs> mcdonald's fry for four years i trained my butt off I, I i put my school on hold i put my my career on hold for no money and now i'm here and uh you know my shoelace wasn't quite tied up you know tight enough we're done yeah, yeah. should we get to hockey i i believe we should yeah this is not a, an olympics podcast 
No, I'm no. done with that. Okay. Well, we are going to have a bit of a debate. I think, I hope, mm-hmm. I hope. We've been agreeing too much lately and, and, and frankly, it's despicable. It's despicable. <laughs> it's inconceivable. Inconceivable. <laughs> <laughs> Over the past little while, there have been some people on social media, because we always like to listen to them. Yeah, because yeah. because you know, I mean, it's a it's a it's a glimpse into you know reality. Yeah, no, it's not. No, I'm just I mean, saying, it's, a, yeah. it's a it's a like Dave Chappelle said. Bias. Like Dave Chappelle said, Twitter is not a real place. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's sampling bias. Yeah, right. Okay. My favorite my favorite thing is like somebody puts up a a poll and says, "Do you like to respond to polls?" And yes is like ninety eight percent, to no is like two percent, and that's the perfect example of sampling bias. Right. Because yeah. guess who responded, right? Anyways, uh, Twitter, the not real place, has been talking about is Matthews now better than Connor McDavid? So my question to you is, do you think this is actually the case or even close? I think it's close. Yeah, I do. I do think it's close. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, I'll probably talk more eye test. You can talk more under the hood numbers. I think we'd do that in reverse for a change. Okay, I'll do the under the hood numbers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, well, they're not. They're as we discussed. They're not quite as indicative of what people might think as 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 what people might think. Doesn't support the narrative. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. really support the narrative. Yeah. Um, I think it's really close. I yeah. mean, you know, I mean, you know, Austin Matthews is one of the best goal scorers on the planet. Yep. Uh, Austin Matthews, I, I think that. We're going to talk about this. There's a perception that his defensive game is better. Yeah. And and I think part of the reason for that is he's, he really, he's, he's, he's like a big fella. He's a big guy and he's, and he's Mark Stone like in his ability to strip pucks. Right. And that, that really breaks up a lot of plays and, and creates a lot of offense. Yeah. So, so there's that, um, you know, I, I mean, he's what ten po- ten points behind him in the scoring race behind McDavid. Yeah. Um. You know that they're they're actually a, I think they're actually a lot. Cl- I think people who think that Austin Matthews is better might be surprised, and people who think that it's not even a debate might be surprised. I think they're yeah. a lot closer. I think they're a lot closer than people think. Yeah. Um. And and to me, um, not to bail here, but. I mean, we don't know yet because neither of them has won a damn thing. Yeah. Neither of them has won anything. Neither of them has, other than individual accolades, neither of these guys has accomplished anything in the NHL. Correct. Anything. Yeah. Okay. So I think we have to see those guys on a big stage being the guy you know, being, you know, I mean, cause Matthews dried up, he dried up in the playoffs, you yeah, know, oh, big time. Uh, yeah. And, and so, so to me, Bill Deneau just said no, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. no, no, <laughs> no, no, I'm and, going and, to be eating pizza after this English game. English also I'm, means no, <laughs> yeah. but he, but I mean, both of these guys, I think have a lot to prove yeah. in the playoffs. And I think that's where we are going to see the demarcation, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, there was always a Sid Ovi, Sid Ovi, Sid Ovi, right? Sid versus Ovi, Sid versus Ovi. Yeah. For the longest time, yeah. Sid was kicking Ovi's ass in the playoffs. Sid went to Ovi's house but couldn't get something to drink because there were no cups. Nice. Exactly. Right? Exactly. These jokes were running rampant. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and for a while, you know, 
Oved, you know, Crosby was killing him on yeah. the team accolades, and then and then Ovechkin went out and won a cup. Um, but you I know, mean, he's still too shy of Crosby. But. And and I'm I mean, he's only won one. You yeah. know, I mean, I'd like to see him win a couple more before I, you know. Um, you know, I mean, he's obviously the greatest goal scorer in the history of the game without question. Correct. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, I mean, there, there is that, right. So, yeah. so I think that, that once one or both of these guys starts to do something in the playoffs and starts to be a driver, mm-hmm. a driver of team success in the playoffs, not just a guy who's there, but a guy who drives his team, yeah. who pulls up his team, who says, get on my back, let's go. We're going, you know, we're winning this series and I'm going to win it for you. Uh, until until they start doing that, I think the jury's pretty much out still. Yeah. But it's close. I, I think it's, like I said, I think it's a lot closer than people care to admit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I want to see, I want to see what these guys can do in the playoffs. Well, I think like in our first episode, um, I even mentioned that I think that McDavid is uh, McDavid <laughs> Matthews is the second best player in the world. And I don't think that McKinnon is necessarily part of that conversation. Right. And, uh, and I felt like that was kind of my, my hot take alert. Um, one follow-up question for you before I kind of dive into these numbers a little bit, like what do you think is driving this narrative now as opposed to any other time? Because there's always been the people that have said that Matthews is better but why do you think that this has really picked up traction now? Well, I think it's because people are now talking about Austin Matthews as a Selkie Trophy candidate. You know, right. whether whether that's merited or not, yeah, that seems to be the perception that he is now, you know, rounded his game out, yeah, to be you know a guy who's really really reliable defensively, not just really reliable defensively. The perception is that he is you know, one of the elite defensive players in the league. Right. So if you've got the best shot in the league, you know, you're one of the best scorers and you can, and, and you can defend. Yeah. That's, that's the perfect player. Oh <laughs> right? yeah, of course. I mean, you know I mentioned I mean? that about Toffoli last week. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing that I'll say is before I jump into this a, a more is that what happens, I find a lot, especially on Twitter is that people jump into what's called microstats. So a takeaway is a microstat in right. the sense that it just it just deals with this tiny part of the game. Yep. You can take the and hit is sort of a microstat even, right? I don't I'm not big on hits because big deal. Right. You hit exactly. A lot. Like so what? That just means you don't have the puck. I remember And you're hitting guys and and giveaways to me is the big one that's a big misnomer. Yeah. Like look at look at look at the top 20 guys in the in giveaways. Yeah. And you're looking at probably the top 20 guys in the league. Right, yeah. Because they handle the puck, puck all the, the puck. time. Yeah. They're always handling yeah. the puck. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, Eric Carlson's best years as a defenseman. He was, he led the league in giveaways. I want the, the guy. Giveaways. I want the guy who leads the league in giveaways. Yeah. So it's funny because I saw um, Habsfitter last year going crazy about zone exits. There was somebody that was hand tracking zone exits. He was doing a great job. But they were going, well, this is the best defenseman because he's got the best uh, zone exits or successful zone exits. But- the trouble with when you look at a microstat is that it doesn't tell you how long the guy spent in his zone before he managed to exit it. Yeah. So looking at a larger stat like Corsi, which is showing where the actual play is going, to me is more useful than looking at something like takeaways, which like what you're saying is really fueling, I think, a lot of this uh, Austin Matthews debate. Talent-wise, there's no way about there's no two ways about it. Connor McDavid is the more talented player. He's just explosive. He's athletic. He's just 
he's just incredible. You just watch him and he's just, uh, he's just a freak. Not to take anything away from uh, Matthews. I mean, let's be honest. They're playing the NHL. They're an athletic freak to start off yeah, with, yeah, right? Yeah, you yeah. know, we shouldn't take anything away from Phil Kessel in this regard, right? But um, Matthews has 14 defensive, defensive zone faceoffs per 60 at five versus five. McDavid, sorry, has 14. Matthews has 16. So Matthews, slight edge, but neither of them are really yeah. leaned on defensively from their team. McDavid at two uh, at five versus five has 2.4 expected goals against per 60. Matthews has two. So that's good, right? Expected goals against is important. McDavid has 2.25 actual goals against per 60s. Matthews has 2.73. Okay. So Matthews <laughs> is actually letting goals into his net at a higher rate than McDavid is hmm. at five versus five. And when you consider that Jack Campbell for much of the year was a was a Vesna candidate for the first half. Yeah, but that's much of the year at this point for yeah, the first yeah. Yeah. 25 30 games, right? 20. Okay. I'm going 20. Okay. Yeah. I haven't looked it up, but yeah. you know, my point is 20 starts for him, I mean, not comparative games, to McDavid's yeah. goaltending that he's received. Right. All things being equal, you just look at those two goals, you say who who's supposed to be letting in goals at a higher rate? Right. Right? Right. And for no fault of their own. So, and all of this is at five versus five. Now, here's what's interesting. The narrative around McDavid has been that he scores all his goals on the power play, puts up all his points in the power play, and is not a good five versus five contributor. Matthews is a good five versus five contributor. However, McDavid at five versus five has 2.6 points per 60. Matthews has 2.4. Meaning McDavid is putting up more points at five versus five, scoring at a higher rate then uh, McDavid is going at a higher rate than Matthews is. Right. So I keep on hearing the same arguments that I'm sure you're hearing. Matthews has good under the hood numbers. The thing that bothers me as kind of a guy that likes to look at those under the hood numbers is tell me what you're looking at. Right. Because I don't see it. Okay. Now I could be yeah, wrong because yeah. 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 I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I ain't the sharpest tool in the bulb. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but at the same time, if I am wrong, Explain it to me. Right. Explain okay. it to me like I'm a four-year-old. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe yeah. I'll have a chance of getting it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that, uh, I think Matthews is close, like you said, a lot closer to McDavid than the people that think McDavid is the best in the world will think. But I think that he's not as close as the people who think that Matthews should be the number one. Right. Think. Think, yeah. Okay. I think, I, I completely agree with you. And yeah. it just, yeah. it turns my stomach. Why does it turn your stomach? Just because nobody's going to care to watch this show if it's just two guys going, yes, I also agree. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> we need ratings, Ken. We need ratings. We need eyeballs. We need eyeballs. at least. Subscribe to the, the, the Substack, kencampbell.substack.com. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple. We're on YouTube. If you see us on YouTube, hello. Leave a comment. Leave a review. These are all things that get us ratings. And then maybe we'll argue a lot more. That's the, that's the incentive. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. No, we're gonna have to pick some real. Well, fights. let's argue about something then. Let's try and think of something to argue about. Anyways. Well, the next on. one's probably not gonna be much of an argument either. But because speaking of McDavid and his Oilers, the Oilers have a road trip coming up. They're gonna be in Tampa Bay tonight, Florida on Saturday, and Carolina on Sunday. The Lightning, Panthers, and Hurricanes have a combined 56, 12, and 6 mark on home ice this season. Has this officially become the worst road trip in the NHL? Yeah, it's become Death Valley, right? Yeah. I mean, man, and and like think of think And ironically, of the, Death Valley is the easiest place to go. <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean it, it used to be like it used to be f- for the longest time um 
it, it used to be California. Right? I was going to say California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. when when L.A. and Anaheim and San Jose were powers in the league, and they weren't in the yeah. worst division in the in the league, and they were they were all sort of Stanley Cup contenders. That was a tough one. This one here, like wow, you're just you're running into three buzz saws in a row, right? Yeah, like three teams that are fast. They can score like they can score a ton. Um, they're hard to play against. Yeah. Um, and now there's people that watch them, you know, <laughs> I mean, no, but, but I mean, yeah, Carolina's yeah. Carolina's a, a, a hard building to play in. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love how they, how they took Carolina culture and meshed it yeah. with hockey culture. It reminds me yeah. of Los Angeles in the nineties yeah. when they took that kind of hair metal kind of culture and, and meshed it with the Kings, except yeah. that Carolina is actually good. And the Kings in the nineties were, I guess they had a couple of Gretzky years. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Made the final in 93, but they weren't, they weren't yeah. that good. Let's be honest here. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I think this is one where teams are looking at their schedule because <laughs> we're in Canada and they say those three games very oh, well left tenants. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Those three games are going to be a biatch for us. Right. Um, like I said, you know, I mean, for the most part, you know, they're, they're all three are getting great goaltending for the most part. Yeah. Uh, all three can, like, they can just score. I mean, Florida, oh, wow, we're down three, nothing, big deal. You know, yeah. we'll just come back and win anyways, right? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I really think that that has become the dreaded, trip on on the calendar yeah you know the one that used to be edmonton calgary vancouver that yeah. was a tough one yeah you know at, at one point maybe new york would have been a real difficult one new york the the islanders, islanders rangers, rangers and, jersey yeah. you know so now this one is like this this is a this is a this is a tough one yeah 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 um my follow-up question to that is do you think that there's a particular team or style that would do well on a road trip like this, like the one that comes to my mind would be the Calgary Flames, you know, a Daryl Sutter type team that that could frustrate uh, teams like Carolina, Florida, Tampa. Yeah, maybe because you like. I guess the question is: is do you want to get into into a track meet with them? Do you want it? Do you want to turn it into a big offensive game and just try and outscore them, or you know, do you do you shut things down a little more? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, they're all extremely well coached. Yeah. All three teams are extremely well coached. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure if you just don't want to run with them. You probably don't. You don't want to run with them yeah. and, and try and win that way. Unless you're Colorado or maybe Toronto. Yeah. 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 Um, in which case then, you know, maybe you do it, but, uh, but yeah, I, I probably wouldn't want to be the kind of team that that tries to match these guys um, goal for goal kind mm -hmm. of thing because I mean you know look at the team look at the teams and the players you're playing against. Yeah, I mean you know Jonathan Huberto might be the Hart Trophy winner this year. Yeah, might also win the Selkie. Right, and you know in 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 Tampa you've got all kinds of firepower, and and with with Carolina I find it's just balanced right. Yeah. Like everybody can chip in on that team. I mean, there's no like superstar on that team. I don't think, I mean, Sebastian Sebast Aho, he's not yeah. a superstar. He's a, he's a, he's a really good elite NHL player. Yeah. He's not a superstar. Yeah. Fair um, enough. you know, the other teams, you know, 
probably you could say that they're boasting a guy who could, you could argue is a superstar in the yeah. league. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, for me, I was going to say the exact same thing. It reminds me of the, of the California road trip because you know, when Los Angeles Kings was winning their cups, the ducks were firmly in their cup window yeah. and San Jose sharks. I mean, like, let's be honest. I, I honestly, that team, I don't know how they didn't win a cup. Yeah. They're one of the best teams not to win a cup. Like I think of them. Would you go as far as the best team? No, because I was thinking about this when Emil Francis died uh, on the weekend. Right. Uh, those Ranger teams that he put together. Right. They might've been the best teams yeah. in the seventies. They might've been the best teams not to win a Stanley cup. Yeah. You know, Eddie Jackham and Brad Park, you know, uh, Jean Rattel, he had, I mean, Roger Bear. Yeah. Um, they had some amazing talent on those teams. Yeah. And they just happened to be running into, you know, the Canadians of the 70s and the Bruins of the early 70s. Right. Right. And uh, they- Were they good? Uh, they were okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So to me, I, I, th I still think, you know, that might be one of the best teams not to win a cup, but San Jose's right there too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, you know, we're going to be biased to our generation because San Jose is the one that I just saw constantly. Are you, you know, saying I'm old? That's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. That's what you're saying because that was like almost 50 years ago. Yeah, well, that is what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. My great-great-grandmother told me that her grandmother told her about uh, about those teams in the 70s. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, I just... So Joe Thornton was has been... Uh, for most of his career, possibly my favorite skater in the NHL. Okay. And just the way that he plays the game and thinks the game and just just does everything so smart, did everything so smart, was tough as nails, right? And didn't always bring it out, but every once in a while he would remind the world that he was six foot five and 240 or whatever he was. And then also just, you know, kind of coming out with his shirt off and bit of a beer gut hanging over his, you know. <laughs> and who's he almost sometimes playing for now? Florida. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I know. It's funny because I thought he, he took, he did the exact transformation, right? He went from cool, you know, cool hippie on the West Coast, right? To like going back to Toronto where he's from St. Thomas. So let's say Southern Close Ontario enough. area. Enough, yeah. area yeah, yeah. Coming back and then... What do all old fogies do from Toronto? They go down to Florida for the winter. That's right. Yeah. So he went from cool West Coast, to, you know, hippie to Florida beach bum. Yeah. Yeah. The transformation wouldn't is complete. Wouldn't it be great if they won though? And and he was able to get his name on the cup. That would be I wonderful. think so. I think that so. would be wonderful. Yeah. It's funny because we're not really Joe, talking about I saw him a lot. Joe, I saw Joe. Why? Because he's not, he's. He's healthy scratch a lot of times. No, I, I, yeah. I realize that. I, I saw Joe play as a 15-year-old when he played for the St. Thomas Stars in right. Niagara Falls. Yeah. And he was 15 years old playing against guys who were 17, 18, 19 years old. And he was, like, yeah. it, it wasn't close. Yeah. It wasn't close the year, the year that the Sioux drafted him. Yeah. It, it wasn't close. Yeah. And, uh, and um, ever since then, like, we... He's, he knows who I am now, right? Like, right. and we talk because yeah, yeah. I went to see him play as a 15 year old. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, I knew a guy that played house league with him and said that even from house league, it was just so obvious that he was going mm -hmm. to the NHL. He's just so much bigger, stronger and faster and everything than anybody else. And anyways, it just, he's, he's been a likable guy to watch. Patrick Marlowe has obviously been an incredibly likable guy to watch. 
right? It's just, it's, it's been a likable team. Patrick Marlowe, a hall of famer. That's a good one. That's a that's really a great good, question, that's a, that's yeah. a really, really good one. Cause do you just, do you get it just because of the sheer volume, you know, played the most games. That's always the thing. Never is, won anything. Never, never, never won anything. Never yeah. came close to really winning anything. Um, was never a first team all-star or set. I don't think was ever a first or second team all-star never right. won an individual award, but just showed up and played really hard and real well for a long, long yeah. time. Is that enough to get you in? I, I think probably by a lot of people's standards, it is. Yeah. By mine, I'd have to, I'd have to think about that. Yeah. Anyways, we're going way off. We're, we're going, going way off. Getting ra- move, way out I'll, of I'll our lane to, here. I'll move on to the next question. Okay. Shall we? Yes. Okay. Yes. There are huge trades being rumored right now. Most have really fun storylines to go with them. There is JT Miller to Toronto. Mark andre Fleury back to Vegas. Jeff Chikrin to Florida. Brock Besser. Jacob Chikrin. Jeff is his father. Did you I write Jeff? Jeff? You wrote Did Jeff. I write Jeff? <laughs> As I was reading that, I was like, that's not right. Oh, uh, my God. That's funny. That is funny. <laughs> Well, Jacob one of us Chicken. should have caught it. Okay. Yeah, you know, yeah. I did completely yeah, yeah. go through this. Okay. Jacob And I did Chick- that at like 1130 last night just before <laughs> I went to bed. So, okay. Jacob Chickren to Florida. Yeah. Um, I like how you almost started making fun of me and then immediately went, uh-oh. Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brock Besser to New Jersey. Claude Giroux to Colorado. Ooh, that felt weird. Claude Giroux. To Claude Colorado. Giroux to Colorado. Yeah, I just yeah. I said it like like Claude like, Claude Giroux's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is Steve Azierman here? <laughs> yeah, it's your that's your Bill Clinton in, in, in imitation, isn't it? That is my Bill Clinton Steve, imitation. Steve Azierman. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Which one of these is going to happen, and why? Oh wow! Um, yeah, well, JT Miller to Toronto seems to be picking up some steam, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does seem to be picking up some steam. But is that like this is the thing that I've realized as we were joking about Twitter not being a real place is that I realized that you get if you read enough things on Twitter saying this just makes sense or whatever, it starts to kind of implant that idea in your mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how players that's how players underrated players get overrated. Everybody right. calls him underrated for so long that you right. go, yeah, yeah. that guy's actually overrated now. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah. So so do you think that, J, that JT Miller is actually picking up steam? That's legitimate or? I think it is, depending on what the Jake Muzzin situation is for the Leafs. That's exactly with, what I was going to get into With respect next. To, to whether or not they can uh, bury that that salary on LTIR. Right. I, think, I think JT Miller is exactly what the Toronto Maple Leafs need. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, you know, they need somebody who's, who's willing to go to war when it gets, yeah. when it gets that way. And I just, I just feel like JT Miller is, you know, and, oh, I want to also point out that last week I said on the podcast that he's an unrestricted free agent after this year. Yeah. I stand corrected on that. He he has a year left on his deal, which would make him even probably even more, um, more, uh, of a, of a catch. Right. At the deadline. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I feel like that one's, that one's, that one's, I think that one's got some, got some legs to it. Yeah. Um, I think Jacob Chicken is going somewhere. Yeah. I, I what? no, I'm. Is uh, Jeff going with him? Yeah. <laughs> Jeff lives in Florida and actually wor- works on the Florida Panthers broadcast. Yeah. And, and Jacob Chicken to Florida would make sense. Yeah. Cause that's where he's from originally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it would be a cool story and it would, it would 
instantly make the Florida Panthers a very serious Stanley Cup contender. Yeah. Uh, depending on what they want back. Like if the, if Bill Armstrong wants Anton Lundell back, no. Yeah. But if they can make something work, mm-hmm. I think that's a good one. Claude Giroux to Colorado, I think, you know, I mean, he's going to pick where he goes, right? Yeah. Yep. And so I think he said Colorado, St. Louis can't remember where else he said Minnesota, I think is another one. Right. I, I think Minnesota could use him the most. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's, that's one I think that, that, that could happen for sure. It's funny that you said, I think Minnesota could use him the most because you know, um, players like this, it's like debt. Okay. When you don't need money, every bank wants to offer you money, right? They all want to offer you your lines of credit and all yeah. the rest of it. Yeah. When you need a line of credit, no bank wants to offer you money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and so it's kind of like you're right that Minnesota could use them the most, but to me that would make it the least desirable location for me, in the sense of if you're leaving Philadelphia, you want a Stanley Cup. It's funny because you did you said J T Miller to Toronto, which was sort of the one that I was going to uh, to zero in on, and I think for much the same reasons a few episodes ago I said. If I were to pick a place for Claude Giroux based on no information, it would be Toronto. And it's for the exact same reasons. Whenever you do a trade like this, in my opinion, you just basically it's like what can guarantee you a Stanley Cup as much as anything can guarantee you a Stanley Cup. And to your point, Jacob Chikrin to Florida, I mean, come on. Yeah. Right. Like as much as anything can guarantee you a Stanley Cup, that can guarantee you a Stanley Cup. It's kind of the reason why I think that Colorado should be looking at goaltending. Because their goaltending is good, but is it like guaranteed Stanley Cup good? No, but it doesn't need to be great. I've said this. Yeah, but I hate the. It doesn't need to be. Well, I I don't care if you hate it. It doesn't need to be. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You want to start arguing? Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. No, I I I just don't think the Colorado needs. You know they they don't need Andre Vasilevsky. I mean. Tampa might not need Andre Vasilevsky yeah. either, but but they don't need him. You know, they don't, they don't need him to be lights out. They just need him to be good. Right. And, he, and he's actually been pretty good for them lately. The thing is, is that... Darcy Kemper, I mean, when I say he. Yeah, no, I, I, Darcy yeah, Kemper, I realize yeah. that. Um, Andre Vasilevsky last year in the playoffs led all goalies in goals saved above expected. Right. Meaning that there was a lot of expected goals piled up against him. See, I don't get that. Maybe they should just expect fewer goals. Just expect fewer <laughs> goals. That's what I don't get no, about this goals expected over expected this and that. It's based if, on the league If the average. guy's getting way more goals than you expect, adjust your expectations. Expect them to score more. Well, but that is how the expectations are created. <laughs> okay. And then it's and then it's a league average. And then it's, you know. Yeah, I don't care. This all scares me. And I, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. But my, my point is, is, is that what this says, and you can trust me on this one. I okay? can. I have an honest face. Okay. Okay. What this That's one all... way to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my hair greased back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've got a toothpick in my mouth. Mm. Um, what this all says is that uh, what, what this all says is that they actually are leaning on Vasilevsky to be Didn't, a good goal. Wasn't Mark Andre Fleury to Chicago or to Vegas one of those? Yeah, yeah those I said it. Did you say that? I did say it. Yeah, that's that's another biggie too, right? I've got a follow up question to that. What you want to hear it? Yep. If uh, Marc Andre Fleury goes to Vegas, what picture will Alan Walsh tweet? 
<laughs> yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if he's going to Vegas because I It'll mean, be like Laner Laner has has stepped up. Um, so Leonard's an excellent excellent goaltender. He is like Vegas. Vegas lost the series because they decided to go back to Marc Andre Fleury. I can't remember against that Montreal. Far. Yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah, I'm telling you 100. percent Well, Leonard that, stoned them. Well, and that and that giveaway was, and then was the turning point Fleury in the series. Did the give, Fleury that did was the, the turning point in the series. Yeah, yeah, that was that but, was the one where you know what I mean about Darcy Kemper when I say he just can't lose it for you. Right. That's exactly what I mean. Right. Darcy Kemper can't make a play like right. that. Yeah. He just has to be good and not do stuff like that. I hear you. But my point is, is that when you're talking about um, building a Stanley Cup team, just why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you go for the sure thing? Why? Why wouldn't you? If you're Colorado, and you've got st- strong defense, you've got strong forwards, essentially up and down the lineup because mm-hmm. their depth is at worst league average, right? Oh, their depth, yeah, it's better than. Yeah, but that's why I say yeah, at yeah. worst, at absolute worst, their depth is league yeah. average, and then their top end talent is. Excellent, 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 right? Then why wouldn't, instead of bringing in Claude Giroux and only being able to play him 15 minutes a night, yeah, right? Why not bring in a guy that plays 60 minutes a night and could essentially bring your chances from good to almost guaranteed? Mm-hmm. That's why I, that's why I bring up goaltending. Okay. But that being said, there's only so many goalies in the league that can do that for your team. Yep. And there's very few of them. Um, yeah, I think that we did that one to death a little bit. Okay. Uh, I agree with you. JT Miller to Toronto. The only yeah. the only hitch in that is if they aren't able to bury all of Muzzin's contract on LTIR and have to bring in a defenseman, because apparently they're they're looking very hard for a defenseman right now. Yeah. Yep. Then that uh that becomes impossible well, to I swallow. think we're I think we're gonna talk about some guys that I think you could get for a song, not a song, but for less than, less than what you'd pay for, say, <laughs> Ben Sherat. How'd you come up with that name? <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's only number two on TSN's trade bait yeah, board yeah. at this point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hi, everybody. Ken Campbell here. Well, this is episode nine of our little podcast uh, that Dylan and I have going here, and uh, we're having a lot of fun doing it. Uh, we hope you're having fun listening to it. And uh, we hope you're you're sticking around and supporting us. And there are several ways you can do that. Obviously, by coming back and listening and and liking and uh, and continuing uh, to to support us that way is a good way. Another way is to go to mybookie.com. They're a sponsor of the podcast. Uh, they're helping us uh, with some of the expenses putting this together. And if you're inclined to bet on hockey or any other sport. Uh, give it a shot at mybookie.com. They have a double deposit bonus up to $1,000, uh, but you do have to use the promo code HockeyUnfiltered, all one word, uh, and that way they know that uh, that you've uh, you've been directed to them uh, through our podcast, and they might be more inclined to continue to support us. So um, it's a great way to uh, it's a great way to put money down on games if you do that, and it's a great way to support us as well. You can put some money down on Colorado or Tampa for the Stanley Cup. They're the two obviously the two favorites right now, um, and uh, you get the double deposit up to a thousand dollars. So. Why not? Give it, a, give it a shot at mybookie.com. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with mybookie.com. Well, what team is going to be the biggest seller at the deadline? Well, I, I, I can't help but think that 
when you get a guy as decisive as Jim Rutherford is, right? Like he just decides and does it, right? Yep. He doesn't get, you know, paralyzation from overanalyzation. He doesn't, that doesn't happen with him. Right. He decides what he wants to do and he goes and does it and he's decisive and bold and, and, and just gets it done. Right. Right. So if you've got, if you've got JT Miller out there, you've got maybe Connor Garland. He seems to be a guy that's, even though he's got, well, he's got four years left at four point something, I think, or three years left at four point something. Right. Um, he seems to be a guy that seems to be picking up steam. You know, you've got those guys, uh, you know, maybe you've got a Yaroslav Halak if he waves his no move, you know, he could, I think, I think Vancouver could be very, very um, active. But I think the team that, to me, that really could be making a lot of moves is Philadelphia. Right. And nobody would have ever thought that before this year. No. You know, but they have a ton of guys. Oh, well, see, but Vancouver, th then there's the Besser thing too, right? Brock right. Besser. Yeah, yeah. Brock Besser. So, I mean, if you've got Brock Besser... And JT Miller, and you're moving both of those guys, mm -hmm. even one of those guys, that's that's seismic, right? And yeah. then Connor Garland, maybe, and then, you know, whatever, you move down the line. But Philadelphia, I mean, they've got a ton of contracts that are that are expiring, including Claude Giroux. Yeah. Um, so I think they could be really, really active as well. Yeah. As a seller. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so you mentioned JT Miller and Brock Besser as being two seismic moves. Yeah. And it's true that it's very rare that a team will move two top six players. Especially neither neither of whom have expiring con. Oh, no. Well, I mean, Besser has an expiring contract, right, but it's, but it's yeah. restricted free agent yeah. with arbitration rights. Yeah. So, yeah. So you, you've got two guys who are not walking away at the end of the season. Right. So you're going from, from talking about two trades for top six players. I'm going to take a different tack and talk about a team that arguably has no top six players to Arizona. trade. Arizona. I was going to say Montreal. Oh, Montreal. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, A Arizona, the thing is, is that they, what was their trade? Carter Hutton for future considerations. Yeah. Right. Like they haven't really started to, to do anything yet. Yeah. I mean, they've, you know they've got they've got Phil Kessel that's going to move. Oh no, I know they've that they've Chikrin got players that are going to move. You know, I mean they've made yeah. they've made some, and I mean they traded Oliver Ekman Larson, you know, before yeah. the season. Yeah. So yeah, I I get that, but my point is is that when Montreal traded Tyler Toffoli, it said that before the trade deadline it would have been hard to say Montreal. Yep. Well, it's still before before the trade deadline, but it would have been hard to say Montreal because they have so few expiring free agent contracts. Right now it's clear that everyone's on the table because Jeff Petrie is on the TSN trade bait list. Of course he is. Why wouldn't he be? Well, but I'm just saying because he's got like four years left on yeah, the contract, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. He's on the TSN trade bait list. Ben Sherrod is an obvious one. Brett Kulak is an expiring free agent, right? Brendan Gallagher has said publicly that he's open to moving, yep. which is the hockey equivalent of screw you guys. I'm going him. Well, no, I think he's saying I I'd like to move. He doesn't have much no, say I, in the I, matter because he's got yeah. a, he's got a long contract that yeah. might not be palatable to 
a lot right. of teams. Right. But my 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 point is to say is is this they that once Tyler Toffoli was traded, yeah, and it was a reasonable <clears throat> price. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it wasn't like a huge return. It wasn't like they they broke Calgary broke the bank. Nope. Once Montreal said that that's the price for Tyler Toffoli, they basically said everybody's on the table and you know just come with your best offer. Yeah, and that probably was just take yeah. It. Like I said last week, that would that to me was a huge statement because they were saying it, it's it's a rebuild. Yeah, it, it's a rebuild. It's a tear down and a rebuild. Yeah, because you've got a guy that has two years left at four point whatever he was at, yeah. and, and was a leader on the team. Yeah, and talked about be, wanting to be part of the solution as yep. opposed to, you know, yep. saying I'm happy to get out of here. Right. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, if you've got Ben Schrott's on the table, Jeff Petrie's on the table, you got to think that if Joel Edmondson can get himself back in and healthy, yep. he's on the table. So what? And Brett Kulak is a, a is expiring, uh, you know, a, a unrestricted free agent. He's on, he's got to be on the table. So, your top four defensemen are all on the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's insane. Yeah. So you get you get a bunch of picks and futures for all of that. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, have you ever seen a team that could really legitimately move all of their top four defensemen? Well, they might be able to this year. Well, no. not all of them. Not yeah, all of them. I mean, Provorov's not going anywhere. But no. Yeah. Yeah. And Romanov's yeah. not going anywhere in Montreal. But, right. Uh, yeah, right. Similarly. So let's move on mm. to that. Who is going to be this year's under the radar trade that will end up looking really good come playoff time? I, I always like this because because I remember in 2017, 18, you know, there's the trade deadline and everything's so big, and then Washington trades for Michael Kempney. Right. And he ends up being the difference maker on a Stanley Cup team. Right. You know, uh I guess it was in twenty it must have been might have been twenty fourteen when LA got Michael Hansus. Right. Like those kinds of guys, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, everybody's, you know, killing themselves and tripping all over themselves and trading first round picks and prospects and everything for these big ticket guys. Yeah. And then sometimes it just ends up being one of these under the radar guys who comes in and solidifies everything. Yeah. And, you know, you move right along and away you go. Right. For me, a guy like that is, is a guy like Justin Braun. Right. In Philadelphia. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know people like Ben Sherratt and <laughs> he's really highly regarded. Frankly, and, I don't know people that like yeah, Ben yeah, Sherratt. Yeah. But, okay. no, but, but I mean, there are a lot of people who yeah, are, yeah. who are pretty high on what Ben Sherratt could get, could get back. Yeah. To me, I think you get, ju- you get Justin Braun for a lot less. Yeah. And I don't know that you're downgrading like even at all. Yeah. Like it, it's, they're pretty similar. Yeah. I don't. I don't see a lot of difference there. Yeah. And if you can get a guy like that on your, say, your third pairing, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a that's a great ad, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I, further to your point, um, well, actually, contrary to your point, I should say. Okay. <laughs> you know, like Tampa Bay has been exceptionally good at at uh, identifying bigger name guys that they do trade their first round picks for. David Savard, right? Yeah. Um, Ryan McDonough. Right. As as two examples of Tampa Bay making big trades that still had big impacts on their team. And uh, even um, Blake Coleman. Yeah. Right. Was another uh, they were he was a trade deadline acquisition, I believe. Yep. So, oh, I don't know if it was at the deadline, but yeah, it might have been. It yeah. might have been. Yeah. Blake yeah. Coleman was one of those guys that sort of the stats community was all all 
a titter about, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, and and he proved his worth, right? Mm-hmm. He proved Absolutely. his worth in a very big Absolutely. way. Absolutely. But um, but to to your point, you're right that a lot of times those little additions on the just on the periphery wind up making a very big impact in the playoffs. I think about even uh, Montreal's 2014 run. Mike Weaver, who was a yeah. very whatever pickup, wound up being a, a key defenseman playing middle pair minutes. Big anti-vax. I know. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm well aware, actually, as we almost worked on a story about right. that yes. together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm very well aware of that. Mm-hmm. But um, my answer is so similar to yours that it just sucks. But it's same the same team, team but, yeah. and it's the same ideology. And it's Rasmus Ristolainen. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, the reason why people want Ben Chirot is because they want to see somebody be an absolute piece of garbage to the other team and get away <laughs> with it often, right? And uh, that's Rasmus Ristolainen. And now here, here's where it gets interesting because the advanced metrics community has hated Ristolainen for his whole career. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They've always said that he's garbage. But here's the here's the deal on Philadelphia right now, which granted is a terrible team. At five versus five, Ristolainen is the third best defenseman on the team in Corsi four percentage, goals four percentage, expected goals four percentage, and points per 60. So he's doing fine on a bad team. Not good. There's still look, his numbers still look bad, but he's doing above average on a bad team for all of those things. He has the hot, the third highest rate of defensive zone draws for defensemen on his team. He's mean. He's big. Mm-hmm. And if you can put him into, think about Ottawa's uh, run a few years ago where Carlson was obviously um, at the top of his game, but Dion Phaneuf was contributing a lot on the offensive side of the puck. At the end of the day, Ristolainen is just a finished Ben Chirot, right? Mm-hmm. He's just this big, mean guy. And Ben Chirot is an offensive defenseman at heart who has been miscast as a defensive defenseman right, because right. he cross-checks people in front of the net, and that looks really good for the eye test, right? And that's essentially what Ristolainen is. He keeps on being used. In Buffalo, he was constantly used defensively. He was supposed to be the conscience that would help uh, uh, um, Darlene. Rosmus Darlene, yeah. Yeah, Darlene yeah. develop. He was supposed to be the conscience. But come on, man. It's the same thing with Dion Phaneuf in Toronto. He was supposed to be the defensive defenseman. He was never a defensive defenseman in his career. When did he play well? Is when they finally just said, hey, you know what? Go to the net, take a slap shot. Yeah. That's all we want from you. Go to the net, take a slap shot, hit somebody, drop the gloves. That's all we need. And so, yeah, the narrative about Ristolainen is that he sucks, but he's actually not that bad. And the right. narrative around Ben Sherrod is that he's amazing. And he's not that good. Not that good. Yeah. So. Yep. yep. Instead of your first round plus for Ben Sherratt, uh, I d- take your third round and maybe less for Ristolainen. Wow. Because guaranteed he's not asking for much. Yeah. Guaranteed they're not asking yeah, for both, much. Both expiring contracts. So. Both expiring contracts. Yeah. Okay, so uh, breaking news. Is it time to start worrying <laughs> about Toronto's goaltending? Yes. Yes? Yes. Okay. Yeah, don't you think? I think you should expand. Well... I mean, Jack Campbell was a Vezina Trophy finalist for his first 20 starts. Correct. Uh, you know, maybe maybe the guy who would win if yeah. you were picking it early on. Yeah. His last 17 starts, save, pretend, save percentage has been .894. <laughs> yeah. He's, he hasn't been good. He yeah. hasn't been good lately. Yeah. Like last night against Columbus, 
they need a save and he, and he couldn't give them one. Right. You know, and, and I realized that in overtime, you got Patrick Line in a pretty decent scoring area, which is a recipe for disaster. Yeah, that's for not going to be very helpful for but you. But right yeah. over the glove, he made himself small, you know? I mean, and, and to your point about Austin Matthews' defensive play, he left a gap like there was no tomorrow. Right. On Patrick Liney. You have to you have to realize that that's Patrick Liney that has the puck <laughs> in the middle of the ice in the yeah. uh, in the high slot. You got to you've got to you've got to close that gap. But to me, I I what worry what would worry me about Jack Campbell is first of all because Toronto. Right. Toronto because Toronto. Um Ew. and secondly, I mean, the guy is so hard on himself. Like, yeah, he just gets really, really down on himself when he feels like he's let the team down. And he does, yeah, yeah. No, he's, Big time. he's like he's really hard on himself, and I don't know that that's good for his long term viability. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, I mean, what if, what if he's not? what he was the first half of the season. What if he's just Jack Campbell and right. th- this is what he is like, what yeah. a spot to be in. Like you were all, you know, beginning of the year, everybody was like, how are they going to resign Jack Campbell? Well, they're going to have to break the bank and they're going to have to <laughs> sign him to this long-term deal and everything. And now it's like, and now it's like, is this guy even the answer? Like, yeah, I mean, everybody, almost everybody's guessing about goaltending most of the time. True. Unless you have, you know, Andre Vasilevsky, Vasilevsky or, you know, one at, you know, at, at Carey Price at his, at his, at his prime, you know, then, Even then, you know, and Tuka Rask. I mean, Boston yeah. didn't have to worry about goaltending for 10 years yeah, because they had Tuka Rask, yeah. right? But that seems to be a, a smaller exception to the rule. Most mm-hmm. people are just guessing about goaltending and I, I just, I don't know, like, what if he's not, what if he's not, what if he's just Jack Campbell, the guy who is okay. Okay and really good sometimes, but can really fall apart at times. You know? My I mean, I was just looking over the list for the last 10 games for goals saved above expected, which I know you love. Mm-hmm. And Jack Campbell is number 61 in the league. Wow. For the last 10 games. So just expect him to save fewer goals. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You well, know? for Jack, like just, apparently just say, you should. Just go. We expect you to save this many. You're right. not saving them. Yeah. So we're not going to expect you to save as many. <laughs> That's sort of where I'm going. I, I, I hear you, but <laughs> he's 61st. 61st. In the whole league? The whole league. Wow. How about among starters? He's probably like right down there, right? I mean, that would put him right down there. Yeah, yeah. Right. If yeah. I had to take the top 32 yeah. goalies. But my point is, is that you're right. It's been exceptionally bad. The problem is. I don't see an option. Anton Kadobin is on the trade bait list for TSN. And he had a good playoff run two years ago. He had an excellent playoff run two years ago. Oh, with Dallas? Yeah, he was outstanding. Yeah. 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 He's a goalie that I like a lot. Uh, Peter Mrazek, to your point about about Jack Campbell against the the Blues, Peter Mrazek didn't exactly look great against the Habs. Detroit when he was in Detroit? Yeah. They, they had a nickname for him. What's that? Peter Erratic. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they call him in Detroit. Oh, that's perfect. Not his teammates, but... No, no. 
more of the upper management yes. types. No, that's yeah. a perfect nickname for him. Yeah, yeah. But he, he, like, let's put it this way. How many times have the Habs put up five goals in a game this yeah. year? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, that's not a good look for you, right? Nope. So, nope. so I don't know that it's time to start worrying about goaltending. I hear you on the psychological side of things. Um, Especially when you had Freddie Anderson, who you couldn't count on in the playoffs for right. so long. Yeah. I mean, My I don't concern, know. Like, there's nothing that can submarine a team's Stanley Cup hopes like yeah. subpar goaltending. Like, it can, it can just, it can just wreck you. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. You're, you're absolutely, you're absolutely correct. Jack Campbell is a guy whose fundamental positioning is very sound mm -hmm. for the most part. He's a little bit older school in the sense that he doesn't just drop and block. He will, he, he uses different saves, different save selections. But for the most part, I don't care how you stop the puck, but the one thing that never goes out of style is being in the right place to stop the puck, right? And so the fact is that a lot of pucks that I've seen him not stop, and now I haven't seen every game, they go through him. Right, right. That, that that's not in good. In theory, is it? that's the most fixable problem. Really? In theory. In theory, okay, yeah. In yeah. practice, I've seen crazy stuff trying to fix it. Right. right. Stefan Waite had Carey Price have two blockers, one on on either hand, and uh, and a stick held in between them, and he was doing all of his moves with these two blockers that were supposed to hold his elbows in for his movements because his elbows were spreading out and, and creating were going holes. Seven hole, yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, in theory, if you're there, you should be able to have a good chance at stopping it. So it's bizarre to see these pucks going through him. And to your point, it makes it seem like it's psychological. Now, here's the problem. I believe Toronto tried to hire Dusty Emu as a goalie coach. Yeah, yeah, they did. They well, did. Right. It turned out some some of his social media th well, he, things, he I think, were, liked were, a lot of the insurrection stuff in the States. Right. And so that was that. that Which is not ideal. That's submarine them. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But ultimately, Dusty Emu is the one who, uh, who, who reclaimed Jack Campbell's career. Well, I think, I also think um, Bill Ranford had a lot to do with that too. Right. But yeah. I think from the psychological side. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. the yeah. first part for Jack Campbell was getting him to believe in himself again. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So you got to find somebody like that then. Well, the and guys, if it's not guys, him, you got to find someone like him. But, but I mean, you know, you look and the guy's, Jack Campbell's 29. Yeah. He had his 100th NHL start this year. Yeah. 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 It's not a lot of starts no, for it's a not guy a who's been around that long. Yeah, you know? Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah, I, if he was Koskinen, he would have gotten a long-term contract. By <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd be nervous. I'd be, yeah. I, I, I would be nervous if I were, if I were Toronto. I, I would be nervous, but I mean, that being said, like, this is the thing, right? Is that every goalie stumbles. Now, when Lundqvist was on the Rangers almost every year, there was a, is there a goalie controversy in New York? Yeah. Right. Almost every year his backup pushed him at one point or another, but it always came back to Hank right up until the day that it didn't. But he was like 38 at that point. Right. So goalie stumble, it's not an uncommon thing. And well, I guess yeah. now we'll just see who Jack is. Yeah. Goalie stumble, but this is like bordering on face plant. But Carey Price was face planting all last year. Yeah. 
Yeah. He was True. a way below league average goalie last year yeah, in the regular but, season. Yeah, but he's Gary Price. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so, yes, with Henrik Lundqvist, that was my point with Lundqvist as right. well, but I'm tired right. of using Habs analogies. Right. <laughs> so right. It's that's my point with Henrik Lundqvist is that, yes, you can draw off of the fact that you know that he's Hank. Well, you I mean, know that Price is Price. I'm even going to go back way further to the 40s. Oh. To the 40s. Yeah. Um, when you're a young man of 38. Don't do that. Does that make you feel like a big man when you say stuff like that? No. Or Okay. <laughs> Ageism. <laughs> no. See, because I've read about hockey history a little bit. Oh, okay. But I see. There was Bill Dernan. Yeah. And there was Turk Broda. The two, the two preeminent goalies in the NHL. Yeah. yeah. Bill Dernan won the Vezina every year. Yeah. And Turk Broda won, the, won all the Stanley Cups. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, like, Broda, he'd come into camp and, you know, Consmite would always be pissed off at him because he was fat and not a shape and stuff. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and then in the playoffs, he'd be lights out, right? Round into form. Bill yeah. Dernan was the other way around. Yeah. He was amazing, ambidextrous, could catch with either hand. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, and was great in the regular season, but then you know we kind of come up lame in the not lame, but a little short in the playoffs. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, so you're to your point. I mean, yeah, yeah, maybe when they drop the puck for real on in on May first or whenever the playoffs start this year. Yeah, maybe Jack Campbell transforms, but we don't have any evidence to support that because we don't. We've we yeah. have no. There's no body of work. There's guess, nobody at work. I guess my bottom line would be to say here, yes, you should be worried about goaltending. If you're a Leafs fan, you should 100% at this point. But there are no better options out there because Braden Holpe is almost as bad at him, as him in goal saved above expected at five versus five. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, Craig Anderson, same thing. Anton Kadobin, same thing. None of these guys are looking particularly good in the last 10 games. What about Mar What about Marc-Andre Fleury, though? What about him? Yeah, what about, it's a big what price about, tag. What about Yaroslav Halak? So, okay, so the Leafs are going to trade for uh, JT Miller, <laughs> Mark oh, no, Andre no, Fleury, No, but maybe you pivot. Maybe you pivot and you say, yeah. well, you know, we need, you know, I mean, to your point, right? You're like, well, if, if, you've you if you've guaranteed, or sorry, if you've, if you've identified that this group is a special group that has the potential to, to really go deep in the playoffs and win a Stanley Cup, yep. then... Why don't you do it? Yeah. Mark Andrew Fleury's looking fine, just slightly above league average. So maybe, you know, uh, he's got a, he's got yeah. <laughs> a history of making mistakes in the playoffs as well. Yes. Right. Big, and it's not just, one. and it's not just Montreal, um, uh, Montreal Vegas. Yeah. This goes back to his Pittsburgh days. Well, it goes back to the world juniors. Yeah, that's the right. Gold medal game of the world juniors. Yeah, that's right. Bonks yeah. it off of Braden Coburn's back. <laughs> but clearing attempt and they end up scoring and lose the game. Yeah. yeah. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Mark, Mark Andre. We're going to trade for you, but come playoff time, we're sticking bungee cords on the back of your pants yeah. and sticking them next to the crossbar. That was, that was the turning point in the series. Yeah. Last year. That was yeah. the turning point. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that it's no coincidence that, uh, that Pittsburgh came up short for the Stanley Cup. So many times until Matt Murray was playing for them. Well, yeah, but they both they, they the the second Stanley Cup in 2017. Yeah, they were both they were both instrumental. Yeah, yeah. Fleury got them through the first half of the playoffs, and Matt Murray got them through the second half of the playoffs. Right. And without both of those guys, yeah. Like in fact, I actually I actually emailed the league because I was voting. No, I did. I did. Yeah, I yeah. emailed the league because I was voting for 
I was one of the voters for the Con Smythe, and I said, yeah. "Is there any way I can make a dual ballot like like they share it?" Right. And the league was like, "No," because goalies no. used to share the Vesna. Well, the depends. Vesna it, used to be assigned to the team with the with the best. Right, but you had to play a certain number of games. Right, right. Yeah. So, and that, that's the way they do it with the Jennings now, right? Right. Yeah. Like yeah. you have to play a certain number of games. Yeah. But like I was like in 2017, I was like, I think these guys together. Yeah. have been the most valuable player. Yeah. Because Matt Murray got hurt at the beginning of the playoffs and Marc-Andre Fleury was lights out for two rounds. And then he faltered and then Matt Murray jumped in yeah. and he brought them the rest of the way. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? Uh, nah, nah. Nathan, no. McK- Nathan McKinnon should have been suspended. I'm sorry. Oh, big time. 100%. Like not for 10 games, but, but it- like a game or two, can't you like, yeah, yeah, like come on. Yeah, even beyond intent, right? Because intent does matter. Um, it looked God. like these guys are the best hockey players in the world. <laughs> You're trying to tell me that? Oh, uh, come on. Okay, fair like, enough. My camel- they can hit a little puck camel- this big, and then my they camillary told me that he could identify any player in the league by looking at his stick pattern. <laughs> Clayton Keller. Clayton yeah, Keller. Yeah. If you say if you say a name. An NHL player's name to Clayton Keller. Yeah. He'll tell you which way he shoots and what kind of stick he uses. <laughs> These guys are the best because they are so aware. Right. And they know everything that's going on around well, them. Well, tell that to, to uh, suggest, Matthew's teeth. To suggest, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Skating into the crossbar. Yeah. But to suggest that he, I, I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Well, I think he was frustrated and he took a swing and he did a big oopsie. And okay, so he's got a history of getting PO'd like that yeah, as well, yeah. right? So, Look, I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying that whether it was a mistake or wasn't a mistake, and maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You yeah. you hit a linesman, and you the were reckless. Should be like so, it does it. So it's reckless. A high sticking or, is always a know, high sticking. I mean, I just I just love the NHL's. I just love the NHL's excuse. Right. Well, he was actually trying to tomahawk chop a player oh. and the and the referee got yeah in the path and that's what happened so uh we're all good here yeah yeah it's totally absurd, fine to absurd, do that absurd yeah. like i'm not saying he should have gotten antoine vermette no because i when you look at antoine vermette's yeah. antoine vermette was way worse like right. he looked at the guy yeah and he two-handed him yeah, yeah. um th- i don't think this deserved that but like yeah. i can't see why you just yeah, don't it's say not to a Nathan Marty McKinnon McSurley like, here, hey, you know, two games, buddy, because you have to learn that this isn't cool. I mean, couldn't you argue that it should be two games to outside of the play of the of the outside of the whistles to be tomahawking a player as well? Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, but yeah. even even if it's just a makeup for the yeah. for the when he drilled Nolan Patrick in in the head, <laughs> yeah. I mean, even if you're just making yeah. up for that, which was four days before, right? So yeah. anyways. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for sticking around. Please subscribe to kencampbell.substack.com. You can get this podcast and other writing directly into your inbox. Please, if you like this episode, leave a review, leave a rating on Apple Podcasts or YouTube or wherever else you're watching. We read the comments. We will respond even on YouTube and, uh, you know, stick around for more episodes.